Thank you, Phyllis. It's uh, good for us to take moments out to listen to the songbook of the Lord, as some people have called the Psalms. We're going to be uh, starting a new series on wisdom. We're going to be uh, all over the place a little bit today, um, but we're going to be locking down for the most part in uh, in uh, Deuteronomy. We're going to be starting there, so uh, that's where we're going. We're going to be starting uh, a series on wisdom. Um, and I, it, the first thing I want to say is, why are we doing a series on wisdom? Why are we going to spend probably the rest of this summer and maybe even into the fall talking about wisdom? Um, and, and, and the reason why I, I think it's important for us to do this is because for all of our extra information, we have more information as a human species than we have at any other point in human history. For all our ability to know about our bodies, to know about uh, the inner workings of the, the universe, and to, to, to understand scientific facts, and to under, understand uh, how the world works, we're not necessarily getting any smarter. We're not learning how better to, to deal with our neighbor. We're not actually doing a better job of, of as much as we can understand the intri- intricacies of how the human body works and even the human brain, we're not necessarily getting any better at getting along with ourselves. We're still engaging in self-destructive behavior. We still find ourselves getting in, in, in arguments with our neighbor or, 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 or fighting with someone over where we happen to be standing in the Tim Hortons line. Or, or, or I don't know if any of you have tried to get three adult couples to choose a restaurant together. As much as we understand about the inner workings of the atom, we're not getting any better at the, the, the struggles of day-to-day lives. We still understand, we still struggle with issues of what is best. And, and I'm not saying that to say that we don't have any wisdom as a human spe- species. We handle emergencies pretty well. We've ta- we've seen that in the last couple of weeks as we've as we've seen Fort McMurray evacuated and how people have responded to that. And we do emergencies as a human species pretty well. But one of the things that 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 emergencies do for us and those kind of fast emergencies is they really sharpen our focus on what is important right now. Um, but the problem is most of us don't live in the midst of short-term emergencies. And, and, and in reality, most of our problems are very slow e- emergencies. And though they might kill us, they kill us slowly. Though they might be destructive, they, they're destructive slow. And we don't handle those kinds of problems so well. And, 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 and sometimes we, we forget that the way that we solve problems that we have right now disconnect us from the reality of who we are as human beings and cause more problems in the future. We've done this often, that, that, that we've tried to solve a problem that we have and we've just created bigger and greater problems. We've, we, oh, I know, we need to have more information going out quicker. We want to have deeper and better communications with people. So let's give everyone a phone that allows everybody to be connected to everybody all the time. Well, what new problems have we created through this level of communication that we're capable of doing where now we're at the point where often we're not communicating with the people that are closest to us because we're busy performing for a huge group of strangers online. And so we still need wisdom. And even as we've advanced in so many ways, I think that the way for us to get wisdom, because we haven't changed that much over the last few thousand years as humanity, is for us to look backwards into what the Bible 
says about it. And that's where I believe most of our wisdom is going to be found. Because I'm not going to tell you anything new in this series on wisdom. And I hope that doesn't frighten everybody and be like, well, I don't have to show up for the summer. But I think what is most important to us aren't new things and new information. The things that are most important about the day-to-day ways that we live our lives are things that we need to be reminded of again and again because we have a tendency to be forgetful. And I want to, and I want to be really careful though that, that, that this is a series on wisdom. And I, and I want to really emphasize that it's a series on wisdom because it's not the series on wisdom. One of the tendencies that we have that's a negative as, as, as pastors, but as church folk in general, is that we start to think that, that, that even though God gives us wisdom, and I believe that the Holy Spirit gives us special wisdom uh, to know Him and to pursue Him and, and guides our steps and our paths, I think that that's a real thing. We don't have exclusive hold on wisdom. And we all know someone who is very far from Jesus, but yet seems to possess within them a wisdom of just how the world works in a way to make things happen. And like rain, wisdom can fall on the just and the unjust. And, and so this is the beginning of this series. And rather than starting with the obvious question of what is wisdom, because that's an important question, we're going to start in a different place with a different question, uh, which is what is wisdom for? And I think that this is going to be a little bit more helpful than what is wisdom, certainly at the beginning. Because what is wisdom for, the answer to that question is going to demonstrate to us what we're aiming at. You know, and and what kind of result we're looking for at the other side. Because even in the midst of of, of spending a summer talking about the book of Proverbs and talking about wisdom, um, I feel a tendency within our congregations, and I've heard this not from, from some people sometimes, that aren't there more important things that you should be talking about? Aren't there more important things that we as a church should be talking about, like the end times? You know, or, or if you, or if we extend this further beyond just our, 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 our own church and into the whole scope of evangelicalism, sometimes the important question is like, should we be reading the latest Rob Bell book? Or, or what are the theological implications of the latest popular worship song? You know, and if you want me to answer those questions, uh, in a row, uh, um, sure. Um, the second, uh, answer to the question is, is, Maybe and and I haven't heard it. Those those are the answers to those questions. But one of the things that we're going to discuss, and what hopefully this series on wisdom is going to sharpen for us, is what conversations are even worth having. What what is what is even worth making an investment of your energy into discussing and trying to get to the bottom of? Because the reality is. All of us are required, whether we like it or not, to be stewards of our time and our energy and our talent and our money, and we want to give those things to something that's worthwhile. And wisdom, hopefully, is going to help us answer those questions about, so when someone comes to you and says, shouldn't we be discussing the latest popular worship song? We can all say, like, no, not really. That's not a worthwhile investment of our energy. There are more important things for us to discuss. Shouldn't we be discussing the latest book by the latest popular evangelical figure? If you want to do that, that's fine. But we're going to invest our energy in other places because we have no choice about whether or not we're going to spend time. We're not getting any of it back. So hopefully with wisdom, we're going to, we're going to devote ourselves to giving it to something 
worthwhile. So that we're hope- so the question that we're going to be asking today is what is wisdom for? And um we're going to start to answer this question in uh in my possibly my favorite book of the Bible in Deuteronomy uh in Deuteronomy 4 because I find that the way the the purpose of wisdom in the Old Testament is, is very specific and it's very interesting because I think it guides us in a direction that we're not expecting to go, okay? So this is what Deuteronomy 4 says. This is Moses reading out the law for a second time. He says, you who held fast to the Lord your God are still alive today. See, I have taught you statutes and rules as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Keep them and do them for that will be your wisdom and understanding in the sight of the peoples who, when they hear all these great, all these statutes will say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has so has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us? Whenever we call upon him, and what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all this law that I set before you today? This is fascinating for me. Because in the Old Testament, wisdom as defined as following the instructions of the Lord. Okay? So, so God has given them this great corpus of wisdom and law. He said, this is how you ought to live in the land in which I am sending you. These, follow these things and you will live. Wisdom is defined as, as, as following the instruction of the Lord, aligning our lives with the intention of our creator through listening to his instructions. That's how wisdom is defined. But what's even more interesting is that this wisdom has a twofold purpose, okay? And the first part of that purpose is to live, okay? We see this at the beginning. You who held fast to the Lord your God are alive today. Moses is talking specifically about they've watched all of the people who did not follow the word of the Lord die. Some of them, the ground opened up and swallowed them. Some of them were killed by serpents. Some of them were died because they ate poisonous food. Uh, There were so many things that most of the laws of the Old Testament are are pointed towards. Don't eat things that will kill you. Uh, Don't don't follow things that aren't real gods. Don't live in a dangerous way. And this demonstrates the goodness and the closeness of the Lord. So the point of, of wisdom and the following the instruction of the Lord first is to live, to, to live and live well. Uh, but the second part is fascinating because the second part of this purpose is to demonstrate to the world how good God is. That as they live well, the rest of the world will, 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 will see this group of people and be like, wait a minute, see those people, they don't eat poison. And, and their poor are cared for, and there's equal access to justice and dignity for all of the people, and, and, and they don't seem to stumble around wondering what God wants them to do. When it doesn't rain, they don't, they don't sacrifice this person, and then that person, and then this child, and then another child, hoping to randomly please the gods. They seem to understand how the world works, what is going on there, and how great a God that is that has revealed himself to them that is the second purpose of wisdom that that through their proper living and adherence to the to the instructions that God has given them they're going to demonstrate to the world how great God is okay and 
this continues in the New Testament as well. As much as sometimes as Christians and evangelical Christians, we get into the, we, we find ourselves fighting the law. We don't want to have anything to do with the law because the law is, is dead and it was fulfilled in Christ. And, and, and we believe that to a certain point. Uh, but the reality is the, 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 the scope of following the Lord doesn't change that much as we walk into the New Testament. This is what Paul says in Ephesians 1. He says, I do not cease to remember you in my prayers. And this is what he prays for them. That the God of our Father, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us who believe according to the work of His great might. So, For Paul, the purpose of wisdom is so that we would know the greatness of Jesus, that we would know his sacrifice, that we would know his power, that we would know the reality that we have stepped into as his children, believing in him and following him. That is the purpose of wisdom. But but it continues as well, because this is what Paul says in Ephesians 3. When he describes his own ministry, he says, This grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. This is fascinating, again, because this continues the pattern that we see in Deuteronomy Four, that wisdom is to demonstrate and make known the glory and power of God through the proper action and proper belief and proper working out of the people of God. To demonstrate the greatness of God of the, to the world in order that they would know Him and praise Him. And the reason why I think that this is important is because when we talk about wisdom, it's easy for us to think of wisdom in a selfish way. That, that living wisely is primarily about us, primarily making sure that our money is right, that we're making good decisions about we, what we're doing, that we're raising our children properly, that we're stewarding our church well, that we're functioning well ourselves so that things go well for us. And that's good, but the primary purpose of wisdom and living wisely is not primarily about us and our own well-being And this is very important, especially for us as the evangelical church, because sometimes we think that living wisely is about making sure that things go okay for us until we escape the fire at the end of all days. It's not the way that things go. Living wisely is primarily about showing who God is. The purpose of wisdom is to align our conduct, the way that we live our lives on a day-to-day basis, with the intentions of God in order to demonstrate His goodness and glory to a world that He is making new. Okay? That is the purpose 
of wisdom. So when we, when we engage in right living, every action that we undertake is not primarily about us. It's about demonstrating the goodness of God as he makes the world new in his kingdom. So as we talk about money and economics, which we are going to do over the summer as we talk about doing these things wisely, it is not primarily about making sure that our own bank accounts and, 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 uh, and investments are right. It's about making, it's about demonstrating to the world the goodness and the generosity of God. As we talk about sex and sexuality, as we are going to do, it's not about making sure that our own desires conform to our own set pattern of what the world would have us. It's about demonstrating to the, the goodness of God through His reconciliation of all people. As we talk about power and politics, which we are going to do over this summer as we talk about wisdom, it's not primarily about who should we vote for for in order to make sure things go well. It's about ensuring dignity and justice for all people as we walk to a world where God rules in every way. As we talk about work and purpose, it's not pri- which we will as we talk uh, walk through this series on wisdom. It's not primarily about how much can I get and how much accolades can I receive and how much goodness can I feel from the job that I choose. It's about placing ourselves in a position to be used by by God for his good and his glory and to make disciples of every ethnic group, teaching them to obey everything that he has commanded us. The intention of walking in wisdom in all of these fields is not, is to demonstrate how great is our God. That's why we're going to study wisdom. It's not about us. It's about demonstrating the goodness of God to the world. Now, there's something that we have to understand in the midst of that, and that is that the wisdom of God and the wisdom of Jesus will occasionally look like foolishness to the world. Sometimes doing the right things and following God and living in a way that demonstrates to the world how good God is will look like foolishness to a lost and foolish world. We shouldn't be surprised by that. We shouldn't be surprised at the foolishness of the world. We've seen this in our own recent days, not even within the church, but in 2007, right before the economy fell, everyone was talking about how great the economy was. They were right until the second that they were wrong. And everyone who didn't agree with conventional wisdom was considered foolish. We will be treated the same way in some ways. Okay? We shouldn't be surprised by this. Um, Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 1 when he says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. So where is the one who is wise, Paul continues? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs, and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. So the choices that we make in aligning our lives after Jesus, our Savior and Lord, and, and it, it, we're, 
the choices that we make in living sacrificially, the choices we make in giving of ourselves to love our neighbor better, and not fearing those in this world who can only kill the body, but instead fearing the one who can destroy both body and soul as well in hell, um, in the choices that we make to not worry about our food, not worry about our clothes, not worry about our future, the choices that we make to trust the Lord above all things to a world that is lost and perishing that's going to look insane. It's not going to look like wisdom. It's going to look like foolishness. And that's okay. Because even though we might look foolish for walking away from things that, that would get, get us more money and a slightly bigger house and the greatest promotion and all of those things that the world tells us to chase. The decisions that we're going to make not to fear the world in which we've been placed, in, we, we, we've been placed align us with the world that God is making in Jesus. And the world that God is making in Jesus, the kingdom of God, is a place where the powerful and wealthy are brought low, and the, and the poor and those who have been rejected are raised up. Where justice will flow like an ever-rolling stream, and death and mourning will be no more. And the actions that we undertake in the wisdom of God that are contrary to the flow of greed and death and control will look foolish to this world. That's okay. We're not talking about wisdom about how the world works. This isn't about seven steps to have a better family. This isn't about eight steps to have your, to have your money market work best. This isn't about ten steps to make your life go smoothly. This is about sacrificing everything we are and aligning ourselves with the kingdom that is to come, which is being brought about in Jesus. And it's going to look foolish, but we know better. And we shouldn't be surprised by this. And we shouldn't be afraid of it either. Because this is what Jesus promised us. And this is in Luke chapter 21. Where Jesus says, Before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to synagogues and prisons. And you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. And this will be your opportunity to bear witness. Settle it, therefore, in your minds, not to meditate beforehand on how to answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. Now, this is really interesting because we've been in positions where we've known that we were right. And our adversaries cannot withstand or contradict us. But what do people do then? They strike out. And they laugh at you, or they dismiss you, or in worst cases, what we've seen often in this world is that they kill you. And sometimes following the wisdom of the Lord will lead you so far astray from the wisdom of this world that you will end up laughed at, or dismissed, or killed. But the wisdom will be there because it's the wisdom of the Lord that that is working itself out for life, not just in this world, but for eternity. We're playing an incredibly long game. 
So it's important for us to remember as we walk into this, as we start to look at ourselves and look at our actions and say, okay, how can we live best in this world where we've been placed to understand that the purpose of wisdom is to align our conduct and our intentions, uh, sorry, align our conduct with the intentions of God in order to demonstrate his goodness and glory to a world that he is making new. And I want to commend you because some of you are already partway there, right? Some of you are already living sacrificially. Some of you are already doing a lot of really good and wise things. And the, and the way that we talk about things won't be that stretching for you. But the question that we have to ask as we're heading into this, this series and as we look to the Lord together is do we want to do this? Because if we want to live according to the wisdom of this world, we can just continue on the status quo. We don't have to change anything. It doesn't matter. We can have the same thoughts that we came in here with about sex, money, power, work, life, all of those things. We don't have to change anything about ourselves if we don't want to align ourselves with the world that God is creating. That is an option that we have. But if we do want to align ourselves with the intentions of God in order to demonstrate His goodness and glory to a world that He is making new, then we have to be willing to have our minds changed. I have to be willing to come to God's word and find his wisdom and say like, oh, wait a minute, I've been way wrong on this thing. I've had, I, I, I've had ideas about the way the world works that are incredibly wrong and we need to allow the wisdom of God to change our minds, to change our actions and change our attitudes. But what I believe firmly is as scary as that is and i'm a little bit nervous about it too because i've got ideas that i've set in my head and i want to be right about what i believe with every fiber of my being is as we change those things we will find joy and purpose and life there And that letting go of fear and letting go of preconceived notions and letting go of some of our own uh, locked-in ideas about the way the world works to align ourselves with the wisdom of God is going to bring about the best, not just for us, but for everyone around us and for the people that we love. And that's why we're studying wisdom, because that's what wisdom is for. Let's pray together. God. We have a big task because the world that you are bringing about is drastically different than the world in which we live and we've learned ways of behaving in this world that 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 give us the illusion of safety and comfort and purpose but god we want to be changed by you so we pray that, that, that as you teach us to better love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to better love our neighbors as ourselves, that we would be willing to have our minds changed. That we would have our minds renewed and that we would find ourselves clinging, clinging to your wisdom. And that as we get confused in this world that is often confusing, that we would not resort to fear, but that we would love more because there is no fear in love, and that we would trust you more deeply and more fully and understand that you are guiding us in all wisdom at this moment and at every moment. Help help us to submit to you in all things. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.